This is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussions, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast with your host Jason. It's been a while, unfortunately a few technical difficulties here and uh, yeah, I've, I've missed the last couple of weeks. We've missed a lot of football, which has been a shame. We've missed a couple of wins, we've missed a couple of uh, poorer performances, but we are back and joining us this week, two debutants, I believe, on the podcast. We don't get many debutants anymore, I must admit, I've been doing it for as long as we have, but it's always nice to get new faces onto the podcast. And joining us tonight, we've got Joseph Smith. Joseph, how are we doing, mate? Not bad, thank you. Good. And Cameron Storer. Cameron, thanks for joining us, mate. No problem. Thanks for having me. Not a problem at all. And so, obviously, we're going to pick up on, I'm not going to bother covering a couple of the games that we've not really spoken about over the last couple of weeks. We'll keep it we'll keep it fresh from Saturday and Derby's visit to Brunton Park. Obviously got a new player through the door as well in Ryan Niambe. Have a bit of a chat about him. And then look towards the game at Pride Park on uh Saturday against Cambridge, I want to say. Uh, that shows how out of tune I am. I've not even checked the fixtures, but I believe it's Cambridge. Um start off Carlisle. Uh always Always a bit of a strange place to go. Obviously, we went there, what was it, seven, eight years ago in the Cup? I think it was six, seven years ago in the Cup, if memory serves me right. Um, not, a, not a bad start for in, in League One, Carlisle, for a promoted side. One of those, I think, at the beginning of the fixtures, it, it's one of them grounds that, you know, you think to yourself, yeah, never going to be, not going to be an easy thing. And I think, it, in fact, I was listening to the highlights from Radio Derby and Eric Steele was saying, you know, actually going in, what, middle of uh, September, while the weather's been what it's been, it's probably not too bad. I wouldn't want to be up there, you know, middle of January on a on a Tuesday night. I've I've worked in that part of the country in winter and it's not. A, that's why they're all miserable up there. Um, you know, it's, it's not a great place. But uh, at the end of the day, Derby came away with a 2-0 win. And Joseph, Joe, I'll come to you first, mate. I mean, it... <sighs> I saw the majority of it. I didn't see it all. Uh, I did see the majority of it. I, I missed the first 20 minutes, but then I watched the rest of it. Um, I've said it before on the podcast, and I've got a feeling I'm probably going to say it a few more times this season. Performance-wise, I don't think Derby was at the races, but at the end of the day, I think this season, while some fans don't want it, it's it's get out this division however they can. And at the end of the day, going up to Carlisle and, and coming back with the three points was was vital after the disappointment, obviously, of, um, of of dropping the two points at home against Portsmouth a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, trying to back up that EFL trophy victory in midweek last week. Um, this, this just some Sometimes you've just got to get the three points, haven't you? And it, that's really what... I felt Derby managed to do. They rode the look a little bit at times. Joe, obviously, Wildsmith made a couple of decent saves. Um, they, they've they missed a couple of opportunities, but 
Derby have took their chances and at the end of the day, that's that's all you can ask of them. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head, really. Um, I thought we started the, definitely the better of the two sides. Um, but after Collins' goal, we sort of did what we did against Portsmouth, really, after we went 1-0 up and sort of sat back and invited quite a lot of pressure. Um, obviously, they hit the woodwork twice. Um, Wildsmith looked in a bit of trouble, to be honest. Um, and it sort of gave Carlisle the momentum going into going into half-time. Um, and definitely the people that were around me in the away end were sort of a bit worried about, you know, where the game was going. And, you know, we sort of needed that that second goal as early as possible, which obviously we did get in the end. But, you know, we rode our luck at times. Um, I thought when Barkhazen and Wilson came on, it's it, um, it really gave us a bit of second win, really. A bit more width. I mean, that didn't happen until, you know, sort of 60, 70, 80 minutes. But sign of a of a good side is winning games without performing particularly well, as you say. Yeah, I think one thing that... I, I don't know if I can use the word impressed, but I think one thing that seemed, certainly seems to be better this season, and it was always going to be difficult last year because of the amount of players that we'd got, we we have brought in that strength and depth now when we are making though we can make those changes now at, at 60 and 70 minutes and how many times last year did derby get to that 60 70 minute minute mark and we 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 fell apart because we just didn't we didn't have that quality because you know mendes lang somebody i want to bring up in a little while i mean i don't think he's been at his best so far this season by a long stretch but i mean he, they do run and they are then they you can't keep up that sort of intensity for 90 minutes because at the end of the day they probably wouldn't be playing in League One if 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 they could. Um so I think that definitely makes a difference. Obviously Carlisle probably did start to tire a little bit as well and say that second goal. I mean it's for me it was a pen uh, it's a penalty that when it's when you when it's for you you're screaming. I think if that had been given against us I'd been I'd be absolutely furious. Um I don't particularly think even though Collins darts from what the penalty spot, basically, there's no danger there. Bit of silliness from the goalkeeper, really. I suppose to go in the way that he did, he could have easily shielded that out. I think, really. But um, at the end of the day, you get you get the goal, the second goal, and and yeah, that kind of killed it as a as a contest. I mean, Cameron, uh, your opinion as well, mate, on the game. I mean, any anything you different you've got to say about it other than what me and Joe's mentioned? I think. Something, a bit of perspective as well, though, really, is I think Carlisle will be a difficult team to beat at Brumpton Park. I don't think there's going to be many teams that go there and break them down. They don't really seem to score many so far in the season, but they certainly seem very difficult to break down. And I think you kind of saw that in the first half. I thought they were a bit unlucky to go in a goal down as they were and as we've alluded to. But second half, I thought we were more comfortable, in all honesty. I think as soon as the Wilson change was made and we went more to the three at the back, I did think we actually looked very comfortable and and we looked dangerous on the counter-attack. I stayed in Carlisle after the game. I stay up here anyway, but um, speaking to Carlisle fans after the game, one thing that, from their perspective, that impressed them from us was our pace. Like you've just alluded to, they said that they they weren't used to that level of pace in League Two last year and and we're one of the fastest teams that they've seen this season. And they've had that perspective, I guess, of of Wilson and, and Barkhausen, who's who's not been long fit. And Nyambi, who we'll come to in a second as well, I thought he had an, a, an immense debut. Um, I thought he was one of the standout players. 
And even though, yeah, we probably weren't at our best and maybe we did ride a look, particularly in the first half in two instances when it, it hit the frame of the goal, one of them, I think, was a shot that caught Joe by surprise and he kind of just parried it. And the other one was unlucky from Plange, of course, of all people. But um, apart from those two, I didn't really feel threatened. We weren't at our best, but I thought we had a good shape. And I think second half, particularly, we were stronger. And it's, I think, a fair result over the overall 90 minutes. Um, and I think the main reason that we were able to see the game out like we were and and be relatively comfortable in the second half is because of those substitutions that you alluded to. I think that's something that last season there were three really strong teams in the division and all three of them have gone up this year. I think you could make a strong case that our squad, when all healthy, is one of those two or three teams, I think, this year. I know we've not played like it in any essence of the word in the first eight, nine, ten games, however many there's been, but I think... In one's defence, we haven't really had a full fit squad uh, up until this point either. And and when you see the 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 bench that that you know when we can turn to the likes of of a Wilson or of a Barkels and even a Sibley, I know he started, but even a Sibley, you know, when you can turn to players like that off the bench rather than the the pickings of academy products that we had last year or senior players that really are out the depth in League One. I mean, I'm actually watching Richard Stearman tomorrow night in Hartlepool play for Solihull Moors, and like that was our bench last season. It's playing in the National League this year, and to to go from that to to where we're at now, I get it. It's not been the best performances to start the season, but I think now is the opportunity to go on a run of games, and it needed to start at Carlisle, and hopefully it has. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with with what you're saying. Yeah, you, you can you can see that the depth is is there, and obviously fans are going to look at the results, and so we should because it's a result business. And like I said at the beginning, I think really, however, however they do it, they, if they if they can do it this year, they, they've got to get out and you know and, and rebuild again. Um, <clears throat> we'll move on for a few players. There's a, there's a few players there, Cameron, that you, you've mentioned that I want to uh, want to bring up. I did see the game in midweek against Lincoln in the EFL Trophy. Absolute dire first half, if you ask me. But then second half, I appreciate it's a much changed. Uh, it was a much changed Lincoln side, but then again, it was a much changed Derby side as well. You know, there's five or six players playing there who, who were playing the first 70, 80 minutes of the season due to due to injuries, and I liked. I like what I saw from Derby in that AFL Trophy game. And a couple of those players, obviously, Barkhausen didn't get his start, but we know it's obviously part of his rehabilitation. Wilson, the same. He looked pretty strong against Lincoln. Appreciate he's going to struggle to, to try and start two games in four days. Sibley, a little bit similar. And I, I was I was a little bit surprised that he actually started on Saturday. Again, I'd have thought maybe, you know, off the bench, but I appreciate what kind of options on that side we've got at the minute. Um, but unfortunately for me, I thought when Barkhausen did come on, I thought he, I think like you've just alluded to, the two of you, he made a difference. When Wilson came on, he made a difference. Sibley, it's that age-old question about Louis Sibley. He's been thrown out on the left. He played as that 10 against Lincoln, looked a good player, scored a goal, knitted things together nicely. He gets his start. He gets pumped out left. And to me, he's just because he's got a left foot, don't make him a left winger. I know a lot of managers do that kind of thing. Um, but for me, he's just had... You know, a, a solid performance in midweek. I don't, I don't see why it had to change as as much as it did, and, and moving him out onto that left hand side because at the end of the day, now he, he became ineffective, and then you could argue he he might lose his he might lose his place on Saturday against Cambridge through no no fault of his own. He's being asked to play in a position that you know he, he doesn't. Well, he's, he's admitted he doesn't like. 
Um, although he'll obviously do a job for the team. Um, I want. I, I'm going to ask your thoughts on that, uh, Joe, uh, about Louis Sibley, and then a couple of other the players. Um, we've had a bit of a obviously a shift in midfield just recently. We've had two due to injuries. Obviously, Fauna coming in. Um, obviously, Orahan injury. We know obviously Max Bird's injury. Um, I felt at times on Saturday, certainly, that we were we we kind of. Carlisle bypassed our midfield, it felt. Um, we didn't, they, they, they were running through our midfield and Fauna, I don't want to say he had a bad game, but it, there was just, there was something for me not quite right in that middle of the park still. Um, and that's obviously the, the fifth or sixth, whatever it may well be now, different combination that we've kind of gone for. Uh, appreciate due to injuries, we, we might not be playing the actual, um, you know, the three in there that, that, that Paul wants, but at the end of the day, the three that are currently playing, he's brought to the club. So it's what do you think about this midfield at the moment? Because I mean, I, three four weeks ago, everybody was saying, you know, why is Orahan in the? What does he bring? You take him out. Th there is something about his play that I think you know Derby miss. Max Bird. Some people question Max Bird. You take him out. You know it. It's. I, I still don't think we've quite got that right fit in that mid, right in that midfield just yet. Um, but uh, I want your thoughts on what you thought the, of the of the midfield three on on Saturday, and do you think they are being as effective and, and as hard working as ultimately I think they need to be to play play in Paul one system? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, with Fauna, I think he's got all the all the raw materials to be a, a top top player. Um. I'm not too sure how the balance of the midfield is or is destined to be. I think at times Corey Smith is probably in the wrong position. I think he sits too deep and alternatively gets dragged quite wide. Um, I don't know whether that's to help the fitness of Forsyth or whatever. Um, but I think, yeah, at, at times you're definitely right. We look a bit too easy to penetrate. Um, but I think it's, it's all, as, as in the same with Sibley, I think, Going back to that square pegs in round holes that Paul Paul Warren's been accused of multiple times, really, especially when when trying to play the three five two, we've got so many good players that we're trying to shoehorn into potentially the wrong areas for their qualities. Um, and I think that if you look at when Sibley, uh, sorry, when Max Bird and Horahan are back fit, what is the best two slash three man midfield? What do we want to play, and how do we want to play? Um, Personally, for me, I think Fauna should probably sit at the base midfield with um, with a Horahan and a Sibley in there because I think since we've lost uh, Shinny and Knight in previous seasons, we've we've lost that sort of that bite in the middle, the the player that's willing to, you know, kick people around and and, and win the ball back. Um, that's the way I'd go personally. I'd be interested to hear what Cam's thoughts are. Yeah, I think it's a difficult one because again, to come back to it. He's not since the addition of Fauna. He's not really had everybody to pick from. I mean, Fauna comes in, Bird's injured, then all of a sudden Howrahan's injured, um, and then all of a sudden Eddie Embleton's injured as well. Who you didn't mention then, and like he, he's it's 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 a hard one because I don't think Fauna. I think the reason it looked the way it did on Saturday, and I think it, the reason it looked the way it did at Bolton in, in periods as well. I don't think Fauna, Fauna, ever say his name. I don't think that he can really work in a two with Corey Smith. I think 
neither of them have the legs to cover the ground needed if you're going to play a two. A two only really works if you have the likes of a, a Shinny or a Knight or or energy in there. And I don't think either of them possess that much energy. Not And that's not taking anything away from them. I just think that they are both more players that do sit more towards the base. And it's it's really the same with when Howarhan's there. He doesn't have the legs to cover anymore. So it's it's like we've always had the wrong personnel available to play how potentially we all believe Warren wants to play. And we haven't seen that enough in the early going of the season or down the stretch of the back end of last season. But until they're all available, I think it is hard to say who that three is, who that two should be. But they do look uncomfortable when there are two at the minute. And I think it is purely just because they don't have that energy, pace or legs. I think in a perfect world, if everybody was healthy, my opinion would be that he would probably play Forna, Forna behind... um, an Embleton behind potentially uh, a Bird or a Howrahan. I think you can probably flip a coin and it's one of them to uh, lean probably more to Howrahan because of his specialty on on set plays. But then Eddie Embleton's supposed to be class at set plays as well. So like, does that really matter if he starts? I think Embleton looked really shaky against Pompey because I don't think he was ready. He was not ready to come in. He's not played football in eight, nine months and all of a sudden Howrahan's injured and you have to come on and play 70 minutes against one of the best teams in the league. That's a hard shift. And then he gets injured again this week. Like It's frustrating for him. It's frustrating for us. But I don't really think he's had his full available squad in the middle of the pitch like he has in many areas of the pitch. And I think that's why, again, um, square pegs and round holes, he's, it's like he's, he's asking players to do shifts that I don't think he would normally ask them to do. But again, when you have someone like Sibley fit, I don't understand why Sibley's playing on the wing. I just don't get it. Like It looks so uncomfortable for him um, against Carlisle. And all of Carlisle's play came down the right wing. And, and like that, that, that's because Sibley's not comfortable there. Naturally, if that's not your position, you're going to drift more into the centre because that's where you believe you're at your strongest. As much as you... I would love to do a shift, you know, at right back or at left anywhere for Derby. Ask me to play anywhere for Derby. I'll play for Derby. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be great at it. And it's the same with Sibley. Like, He's he's been asked to do a job that clearly isn't comfortable with, and when he is better down the middle, and we don't have legs down the middle, it just doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't at least try that. But um, I do understand that to an extent against Carlisle, it was a more direct four four two because they're more direct. And I guess the theory was they play three at the back. You have two on them, it compresses them in, and then all of a sudden Wagon could drag one out and leave space for Collins. And I think we actually saw that on the first goal. So I do understand it a little bit, but to me. We, we can't really judge the centre of the part because since we've had th- those players in the club, we haven't been able to choose from them all. Yeah. And, and that, that's the problem, honestly. An absolute spot on point and one that ties me into sort of my final point about Carlisle. You've just mentioned him there, James Collins. He, <clears throat> Paul Warren did go for that more physical striker. I mean, he'd obviously sc- he come on, put himself about, scored against Portsmouth. He, he scored two on Saturday. It would be mightily harsh now for him to be dropped again against Cambridge on on Saturday. But my question, really, uh, to the to the two of you, Joe, I'll, I'll go to you first. And this is where it ties in with the midfield. <clears throat> there hasn't been able to be a settled midfield. I don't think the strikers. I mean, don't get me wrong. You want you want versatility. You want to be able to make changes you want to be able to set teams up for various against various opponents but as I say James Collins comes in scores rightly gets played on on Saturday at Carlisle scores two goals he, he might miss out on Saturday they might favor because we're at home they might favor Wagon and Washington again 
same in the midfield. Is is it that we have we have got options now this season? Um, don't get me wrong, all football clubs want options, but it, is it in any way a little bit damaging to some of these players who who are coming in and out and in and out? Appreciate with it when it's injury, there's not a great deal you can do about that. But in terms of you know shaking it shaking it up, trying to give people minutes. And they are still trying to give people minutes and certain people obviously because they missed out on pre-season. But do you think that's injuring Derby a little bit? Yeah, potentially. Um, I think, especially going back to the striker point, we've got Waggon who's had a, had a really good start to the season. You know, got a hat-trick against Peterborough. Um, but then to sort of, again, shoehorn him and Collins into the same side, it looks like, especially in the first half, Warren was playing Waggon more as more as a winger, sort of more out towards the side. Um and we saw after 60, 70 minutes, he was blowing. He was he was done and and he's done it in the past, but I don't think he can do it now. So is that a case of yeah, we change formations, try and fit the two in or are they too similar? But going back to injuries, you've got John Jules who's back 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 to fitness soon apparently. You've got Washington who's, you know, fairly, fairly mobile. Um again, I don't know what our best strike force is. I don't know if Warren knows what our best strike force is. Cameron, come in with your opinion on that, mate. I think it's a difficult one because I hate to keep chopping on about injuries, but in my opinion, as a manager, if your squad's fit, you play your best 11. Like whoever, whoever doesn't, Derby's squad is strong enough now, like it wasn't last year, where we should be able to pick, in my opinion, our strong 11 and yes, there are some opponents that you're going to shape up differently for, but we should focus more on ourselves than the opponent. And I feel like that's my only criticism of one sometimes. I feel like we make adjustments to the opponent rather than to the strength of ourselves. We make adjustments to try and make sure that the opponent lessens their chances of winning. But by doing so, it sometimes hinders our chances of winning because we don't play our strongest 11. I mean, for me, Collins has to start. I don't, like Because for me, Collins <coughs> was... The, well. I mean, he scored both the goals, but he was one of the main reasons we won that game on, on Saturday because he provides that physicality. Very few players in that team, whether it was or wasn't, would have won us that penalty. That was Collins' experience to get in there and, and, and lean into the keeper and effectively buy one. And I don't think Washington does that. I mean, Washington will come in and he'll give you a shift and fair play to him. But I think ability-wise, Collins, for me, has to start ahead of him. And, and then he's shoehorning Waggon in. Yes, but I also think I totally hear Joseph's point in that he was tired after an hour, 70 minutes. But I, th- I think you can put Waggon really in any of that front three and he will give you a shift. Whether it's his best shift, he will give you a shift and he'll put himself about. And and I think with the injuries, it's difficult because you should always, in my opinion, as I said, start your 11. But because of how big our squad is and how we've started the season with our health, you're constantly, therefore, potentially going to have to adjust your 11 because you're going to have someone who comes back in that might be better than the lad who's playing in front of him at the minute. And it, th- th- that's Warren's job. It's a hard it's a hard job. I mean, one of the players I feel the most for is Rooney because Rooney worked so hard to get into that team and then all of a sudden he gets an innocuous one that is a horrible one and he's going to be out for a while and he's going to have to build himself back up. But then, yeah, you, you look at the likes of Ward, who we haven't even mentioned. He's going to be back soon. Uh, Kane's going to be fighting for him. Niambi starts on Saturday. Like, the squad is, is huge, especially compared to last year. And I think you are always going to chop and change through health. But in my opinion, it's just your best 11. You just have to stick with them. And, and barring someone that, you know, is is completely falling off a cliff of form, you you have to stick with that 11. 
Um, and that's really been my only criticism at the start of this season is I think there has been times where, I mean, against your Boltons and against, um, if I think out loud, even against your Oxfords, teams like that, where I think we have thought too much about the opponent and not enough about ourselves and putting our own impetus on the game and trusting our players to, to be better than the opponent. I think that sums sums it up nicely. I, yeah, absolute nail on the head with that. I, I can't. I couldn't agree more. It's it's we have looked at the opposition more. So, I mean, you look at the games so far at home this season. I mean, even the ones that we picked up results in, we've not destroyed anybody. We, we've we've not took anybody apart. I mean, we had, even the games away from home. I mean, obviously, the Burton game could have been a completely different scoreline at half time. Yes, Saturday, I think Derby were lucky to go in in front. It, it could have been different. And that would be me too. That if, if I was to have a criticism, I don't think we've played quite to our potential. And I don't think that Warns sometimes his decisions have, have quite been what they need to be. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, I... I I'll try and try and be as balanced as I can. At the end of the day, I'm I'm not a football manager. I've not been there and done it like he has. So you know, I'm sure come May, if we're sat pretty, we will, nobody will really be uh, talking about this conversation. You know, we, we won't have, we won't care about the beginning of the season. But at, at this moment in time, it's all we can talk about. And I think you're absolutely spot on. It's it, there is. I don't want as much as I want, I want Derby to go up, and I'm not really bothered how. I don't particularly want to watch this style of football, this type of performance for the next six months because it's not really. Ultimately, I want. I say I want Derby to go up, but it's not really what I've I've paid me money for to go. You do go for for an entertainment factor, and we saw at times last year, Paul Warren can. And I know it's a, a big turnover in players, but he's brought he's brought in his players. He's brought in. We should be, I think, seeing a little bit more from them. But as we said, some of the key players that he's brought in to play specific roles, you know, we, we've seen nothing of them because unfortunately they've uh, they've picked up knocks. One player who obviously that has benefited is, is bringing in Ryan Niambe. Now, I must admit, Ryan Niambe is a player that I always used to sign on Football Manager. So I know a little I know a little bit about it. Um I was gobsmacked to when I when I obviously heard Derby were interested. I was gobsmacked. He was without a club. Over two he came up obviously through with, with Blackburn, over two hundred championship appearances on loan at Wigan last season. I don't really know why he, he's been without a club for as long as you know, for, for the entirety of the summer. I mean, to me, it's a bit it's a bit mystifying. I, I think he's a I think he's a brilliant player. And as I say, I, I didn't get to see all the game on, on Saturday, but for the moments that I did see, and obviously you two have, have seen the game, um, I think that he's a defensive-minded... He's a right-back, isn't he? Let's be honest. He's not a right-wing-back. He is, he's a right-back, which is, a, is an interesting signing for me because... As we've said, that uh, it's not Paul Warren's favoured. He'd rather go with a three-five-two. But when everybody's back fit, you aren't going to fit Joel Ward, Kane Wilson, Mendes Lang, Niambe. 
Rooney if he was fit. You can't have all them five just just starting for for two players. So what I like about this signing is that there is an option there because from what I've seen, the small bits I've seen of Kane Wilson so far, obviously got a bit of pace about him. He can gallop. He's he's that attacking-minded. Not really seen too much of his defensive strengths at the moment. Again, Joel Ward, obviously, we only really saw a, a little bit of him. And I think, again, really from the digging that we did when we signed him on when we got some um, blogs and stuff like that, he's more of a forward-thinking sort of, of, of right wing-back. So actually having somebody you could proper just sit there as, as a right-back is, is, a, is another option. But, lads, I'll, I'll let you have your opinions on the signing of Ryan Niambi. For me, on a free, I, I doubt we've thrown a lot of money at him. I, I think it's probably a... a, a a positive signing. Yeah, I think it's it's very astute. And as as you said, I was also very surprised when I heard we were interested. Um, but I think the signing really has multiple um, benefits. I think he covers multiple positions. He's played centre-back at times. He has also played a bit of wing-back. Um, so bringing him in on a three-month deal until January is you know perfect for the immediate... Uh, injury crisis that we did have at the time with the two um, two right backs. Um, I thought on Saturday he got up and down the wing really really well. Um, I don't think can't recall anything getting past him, um, but I also thought he linked up really well with the with the players that did play on the right hand side throughout the game. Um, really solid as we've said, had a great debut. Um, but the fact that Warren said as well um, when he first signed that he's you know looking to keep him for beyond the three months, I think it's. I think it's a really good bit of business because it offers him um, more options. It offers Warren more options. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't see anything anything wrong with it at all. And like you said, his wages won't be anything too too strenuous because he was a free agent. I, I, I saw a couple of, I say, I know a little bit about his background in the, in the football manager world, but I mean, obviously, I, I don't watch it. I've not watched him week in, week out in, in real life, but... Somebody, um, I, I can't remember it was on Twitter, mentioned that he's, he's a very Nathan Burnesque type of, of right back. And to be honest with you, I think personally, if, if he if he can be anything like Nathan was at, at Derby, then I think uh, I think we've got a right player on our hands. So again, with the, the right type of deal in place at the moment, probably the right type of finance. It seems a bit of a no brainer. Cameron, your opinion on uh, on Niambe as well, mate. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I um, haven't seen much of him, but I was very impressed with Saturday, and I think him and Nelson were probably the two standouts on Saturday. I thought Nelson was an absolute rock at the back. I mean, his complete one eighty compared to his first two three starts as Derby in that Derby centre back position has been absolutely unreal. I think he's been terrific. He looks like a younger, um, healthier Davis, so to speak, but. Um, you asked me about Niambe. I think on Saturday, he was the only player who started and played throughout the 90 minutes at a very top level for us. I think every player had elements and moments where they went in and out. I thought he started very strongly in the first 10, 15 minutes. I was like, this lad looks class. Um, he looked, and I think that just speaks volumes. It's, you know, it's his first start of the season. It's the 20, it's the 20, whatever, 23rd of September. First start of the season, and he's played a full ninety minutes. Looked fit, was completely involved throughout the entire um, ninety. I think the only thing is the three months. And honestly, that's the only amber thing for me. It kind of, I just hope it's not 
let me show you, show everyone what I can do for three months. And then he goes somewhere else in January to, you know, a championship club. That's the only thing that leaves me a bit iffy about it. But if we can keep him for a year and beyond that, even potentially, to me, it's an absolute steal. I think um, his, his track record speaks for himself, although, although I've not watched him play a lot. Um, he was terrific on Saturday and you can't play that many games in the championship if you're not a good footballer, especially at this level. Um, so I have absolutely no doubts he'd fit right in. And, and I think one thing that goes um, a bit overlooked with him and so far that I've seen anyway on Twitter and the likes is he can play centre-back and he's, he's he's got pace at centre-back, something we can't say about really any of our other centre-backs um, where if there was an injury epidemic, if Sonny Bradley continues to make mistakes every game, if Nelson picks up an injury or Cashin or even Fozzie pick up injuries, it, he is a very good utility man to have anywhere across that bat four. Um, so I'd very much like us to extend him beyond the three months. That's the only iffy thing, though, is I hope he doesn't put in 10 solid games for Derby and then someone else comes in for him in the championship in January, which I can absolutely see happening because that's a very Derby County thing to happen. Yeah, that's- Right, so we've got a uh, preview now for Saturday's visit of Cambridge United. I'm joined by Jules from under the Abbey Sand podcast. Jules, how are you? I'm very good, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Nice pleasure. We'll get some good insight here, I'm sure. So first of all, just talk me through how Cambridge are getting on this season. What's the general feeling around the club and what's the kind of attitude going into the game? Well, the general feeling around the club is uh, is pretty positive, to be honest. Um, we've had a really good start to the season. Uh, the performance levels have been really consistent. Everyone's been re- um, really happy with our improvement since uh, last season, where we stayed up by the absolute skin of our teeth. A few of your fans, I'm sure, might have kept a close eye on it. Out of interest, uh, it was uh, last day of the season, um, needing three results to go away, which they did. Um, so it was a great escape. We absolutely probably probably didn't deserve it. Uh, that's a bit of a bone of contention. We we went for a period of winning three out of 27 games last year, so we were terrible for the vast majority of it. Uh, so given that, given how grim a lot of last season was and the fact we basically only started playing in April, um, to see us start so positively, confidently, um, with a real style of play, um, a good amount of depth, uh, our new signings fitting in really well. So far, no big injuries to speak of. has been really, really promising, but I think it sort of comes with a bit of an asterisk because... We're sat, I don't know where we are on our 10th, I think, something like that. Uh, and we had yeah. the exact same, either the exact same or like very similar start to last season, uh, which is bizarre when you think about it because of where we ended up and how how bad we were for so much of it. Um, so I think there's a bit of like cautious optimism in the sense that I don't think we're going to challenge anyone at the top end of the division, but everyone's pretty happy with a, a, league, a year of stability, build ourselves as a League One club, keep bringing in the higher calibre of player and... You know, in a few years' time, you never know where, where we'll be. But yeah, uh, everyone's pretty happy so far. That's good. It sounds like you've taken kind of the positive feeling from making that great escape and built built from it and kind of building yeah. that momentum. Uh, I mean, so that, do you hope that, do you think that will continue into Saturday? Because obviously yeah. it's a difficult well, one. It's it's tricky, yeah. These, these, these are the fixtures that, you know, a, t- a team, you know, hashtag teams like Cambridge, uh, look at Derby away and your Boltons and your Pompeys and you sort of you can write them off to an extent away I think you know at home you want to give everyone a game because it's on your patch um, yeah. you sort of play the game on your terms a bit more um, I'm not saying I don't I'm not saying that we're considering it a free hit 
Um, but I think if you look at the respective budgets, it's hard to make a case for expecting us to go and do something up at up at Pride Park. And it would certainly be like one of the most memorable days if we did come out of it with um, three points, dare I say it. Uh, but yeah, you're right on the momentum. And I think we're still sort of riding a bit of that wave. I think there was a, you know, the fan base was really divided around February, March, whether we should sack the manager, who's um, who's someone that brought us up from League Two and has been a really integral part of the club over the past few years and is a boyhood fan himself. And there was a lot of debate around that. Um, he managed to turn it around, obviously. And I think him and the club are riding, riding that wave of momentum really well. But they've also learned their lessons from last season. They've they've bought with a bit more strength this year. They've bought a different calibre of player, clearly put a little bit more money into the playing squad. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I think the difference is now when the first season we came up, this is our third season. Uh, so the first season we came up, I think you guys came down the year after. Yeah. Um, we'd go into a lot of games with like, yeah, fair amount of fear. You know, we'd go to Sunderland and Sheffield Wednesday and be like, let's just, yeah, we'd go lose five, six nil to, the, to these teams. I'm not saying that that won't happen on Saturday, but I go into it with a bit more confidence that um, we can give a really good showing of ourselves. And on our day, we're, we're a really good side. Yeah, you're established now as well, aren't you? That I think that's the thing. Had a couple of seasons. You're used to used to League One, used to going to bigger stadiums, and yeah. the fact that you, you know, a lot of Derby fans, and it was the same with Sunderland for a number of years when they were down here. It was the idea of, well, we get however many fans through the gate every week. We should walk the league. Mm. It it doesn't work like that in the slightest. And Cambridge, as as you were saying, you know. Established now, and they can they can come and they can put up put up a fight. I mean, who are the who are the key key players for you now with this better recruitment this season? Who, who should we watch out for on Saturday? Well, do you know what? Just on that point, quickly, like you've only got to look at the top of League One to look at the disparity in wages doesn't equate to um, to, to the league because, like, you yeah. look at who's in the top six and Stevenage and Port Vale and Exeter who are all teams that you know we we would be fancying ourselves up against pretty pretty happily and have played the multiple times in league two and even in the conference uh not not with Bale but with the other two and um and yeah it's a funny league like that right you've got Burton's and Fleetwoods and Morecambe's and Accrington's last year and then you've got your Darvies and Portsmouth's it's such a big disparity but that's why I think it's actually the best league in my opinion because yeah like, you can yeah. throw up anything um any game week so it's probably you know Derby fans probably wouldn't say that but I think it has got a charm to it as like a neutral observer that um that maybe the other leagues don't quite have. Um, to answer your question, though, um, that higher standard of player, uh, I'd be looking out for George Thomas, who plays in the middle. He's um, yeah. a lot of championship appearances with Leicester, um, Coventry, QPR. Didn't do that well at QPR. It wasn't really it was out of favour. He had got a couple of injuries. He came to us injured in January. Uh, he had a really slow start to his career here. Made an impact in that last in those those last few games of last season and then he was rewarded with a two-year deal and there was a lot of scepticism about it about just whether he could stay fit uh and we've dropped him a bit deeper he plays as a number eight so he's almost he's like really everything goes through him uh he's really really tidy pass through the ball um but he just keeps us ticking and he's that like I talk about that caliber of player he's just clearly got that little bit of extra class that, that we really needed um and I'll also I'll also have to shout out for Jiri Okinabire who um Despite scoring six goals, I think he's got the highest goals per ninety ratio in the ninety-two by Mike. I think he's got two point six goals per ninety. Well, um, he's not started a league game yet, uh, but he is uh, the definition of a super sub. Um, we are a very late scoring team. Uh, we we're our system, which I'm sure it might be a question you ask me in a second, so I can I can jump ahead because it sort of answers yeah, there. Go for it. 
is uh, we play, well, we play 4-2-3-1, but we play a really, really low block. We've got Ryan Bennett and Michael Morrison are two very experienced 32, 33-year-old centre-halves. Uh, they're brilliant at a lot of stuff. What they're not very good at is, is running fast. So we counter that by inviting a lot of pressure onto us, really. In the first half of games, we're pretty happy to not have any of the ball, pretty happy to concede possession, um, see out that period of the game. And then we always make three subs on about 60, 70 minutes, uh, which just injects a bit of life into us. Um, fast ring is r- running at tired right backs. And that's when we sort of try and make our impact on the game. So if the game plan all going well, and it has done a couple of times, um, Fajiri comes on uh, he replaces Ahadmi who's a really tall powerful uh, handful of a striker uh, and Fajiri's a very smart poacher type player um, and he wreaks a bit of havoc with some tired centre-halves so that's how he's got so much joy so far I don't see that changing like why fix what ain't broke but there's a lot of conversation about starting him you know with a goal, goal record like that uh, there's bound to be so yeah I'd pick out Thomas from the, from the off and most likely Fajiri Okunabire off the bench yeah so that that's the moment when, if it's tight, if things are all square, you see him coming on. That's when the home fans at Fry Park should start to panic a little bit. Yeah, because I think that's going to be our game plan, right? It's just stay in the yeah. game as long as possible and hope something happens late on. And that is something that is part of our game plan most weeks, let alone when we go to, to the bigger clubs. Um, it comes unstuck if you guys find a way through in the first half, if you're tuning up at half time. Uh, it's you're, we're quite easy to defend against, I think, in that respect. So <laughs> it's sort of maybe high risk, high reward. I don't know. Maybe it's it's it has its flaws as a system, but I think if we can get to that seventy minute mark and it's goalless, and especially in big grounds, I mean, you know, I don't need to tell you, you can hear it as away fans when the crowd starts to get on their back because you should be beating a team like us. That really plays into our hands. Um, so that's sort of you know, if we're going to get anything out of the game, um, it will probably be like that. Yeah, it's the it's the psychology of it, isn't it? In keeping your heads in the game, keeping going, and hoping that Derby maybe switch off a little bit in that in that moment as well. I mean, Paul Warren has done this few times this season where they've taken the lead and then they've decided to just sit in and try and see the game out. Uh, thinking back to the Fleetwood game, they managed to do that, but even what a couple of weeks ago. Let's let me check this. There was a there was a game which was it would have been a Portsmouth game where Derby scored penalty in the eighty sixth minute and they just sat in sat in fifth minute of stoppage time equaliser suddenly Derby found the energy to go again and try and try and re- restore their lead. So in that sitting back and Paul Warren's game plan that will maybe open a few opportunities for fresh legs as well. You know. Mm. Darby will invite pressure at that point. So that that could be interesting, I think. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that's um I think that's kind of one of my my kind of concerns from a Derby perspective, but also an opportunity for Cambridge is especially if you look at this Derby team, they have improved the age profile since last year, right? But they're still you still got the likes of Craig Forsyth often playing left wing back, 35, done his ACL three times. Yeah. You get late on in the game, someone comes on to run at him. Who that's knows? The, yeah, that's the thing. And I think you sort of add that into the, um, you know, what I was talking about at the start with that sort of change in mentality and that, um, that just extra confidence going into these games. I think we go to places now and we're, we're, we're just sort of not scared of anyone. Whereas sometimes I think, you know, we'd, we'd always sit back and, 
invite pressure in a different sort of way, in a way where you're not trying to impose yourself on a game even late on. And and um, that's not to say, you know, like we've had some brilliant success. We beat Newcastle at St. James's Park. We beat Pompey at Fratton Park. It's not to say that we were always getting battered at these places, but I think at least as a fan base, we we go into these games with a bit more of a, just a bit more, a bit more relaxed. You know, I think, I think when you, you know, when you stayed up by the skin of your teeth on, on goal difference on the last day of the season, you you also try and enjoy September for what it's worth, right? And yeah. not, not, not spend the whole year panicking because there's there's March and April for that. Um, so yeah, we're all in quite a positive spirit, I'd say. Yeah, so it, it should make for a great game, and I think yeah, I'm I'm personally quite excited for it. I will I will say again, uh, big big weekend for Derby, uh, more so next weekend with uh, the the women's team as well. But I'm just going to plug this now. I'm at the women's team game on Sunday, so come next week we'll have the. Uh, We'll have a double header of a review on uh, here on Rams Review podcast. But yeah, thank you, thank you very much for coming on. That's some great, great insight, and I'm sure we'll speak again. It's a pleasure, mate. Best of luck for the season after Saturday, you, obviously. Yes, you too. Apart, apart from the reverse fixture. Yeah, 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 yeah. So final, one of the final talking points um, of the podcast is obviously the game at home Saturday, Pride Park, Cambridge United, the team that come to Derby. Uh, Joe, for me, it's we've got to we've got to put a bit of a marker down at home. I think I think that's gonna just settle some of the fan base a little bit. Um obviously listen watch the highlights on Saturday. You know, the fans had a had a cracking cracking weekend. I think a lot of them did. Uh weekend away. Um I know a few of my mates who I have a season ticket with went. Unfortunately I couldn't go, but yeah, a, a decent weekend had by all. But I think it is about time we've we've got to put a marker down. But this is not obviously a, an easy game. Not that many are at all in, in our division, clearly. Um, but you know the the tenth in um, the tenth in League One as as we currently stand. So obviously just behind us, same amount of points, same record. We've scored a couple more than them. They've conceded a couple less than us. So it's sort of a similar two teams coming together, um, and I think Derby's fixtures. Probably take Fleetwood out at home. I think Derby's home fixtures have been, have been a pretty tough start. Actually, I think that the players that uh, sorry the teams that have come to Pride Park so far, I would expect to be up there um, challenging for you know top six. Really, I I would say Cambridge for me probably another one of those another one of those sides. I, I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, but we we almost nearly did it against Portsmouth without being blazingly brilliant uh, you know a, a win would have been a win a win you know you take it for me what this is missing now is is just a, a little bit of a little bit of a marker and the confidence that that could bring because i think that not that it gets the fans back on side but i think we can all agree you know for people who've been at pride park it's it's been edgy 
it's been edgy at times uh, for for a lot of the games this season. And I think one thing that obviously is going to really, really help uh, propel Derby this season towards where, where we ultimately want to be is getting the majority of, of Pride Park on on their side by playing some you know decent football, picking up some solid results because the home form. It's not promotion form, is it? It's got to get better. And no better way than to put a marker down against somebody like Cambridge, who, like I say, they've had a, they've had a similar start to us. Yeah, you, you always want your home ground to be your fortress, don't you? That's in any, in any league, in any, any league you play in. Um, and like you say, I think Cambridge on Saturday, I think it's a really good opportunity to do so. Um, to, to really put a marker down and go, yeah, we deserve to get out of this league. We are one of the best sides in this league. And as we've already touched on, we've got the squad to be in that bracket. Um, the two games we played against Cambridge last year, I thought they were below par. Um, but I watched them at Burton um, the, the, week, uh, the weekend, midweek that they stayed up and they looked like a really strong side again. When their crowd's behind them, that gives them a second wind. And I can't imagine that they're not going to bring many fans. They'll, they'll come in the numbers. Um, so we've got to be on our toes and I'll be interested to see what side he puts out. As you say, will, will he stick with um, Washington and, um, sorry, Waghorn at home? I'm not sure, but I, th- I think he's got to stick with Collins. Um, I think it's a really important game for us and I think we've got sort of momentum now from Saturday and uh, against Lincoln in midweek last week. We've got a bit of momentum now to really go on and and get the three points. Cameron, I'm just looking as, as we're talking. I'm just looking at the obviously their start to the season, and as I say, it, it, it's equally the same as Derby's. But you look at the fixtures, and I, I, do you know this? There's a real mixed bag of results in there. Um, a, a solid home day, home game, uh, opening day against Oxford, who are obviously currently sat second in the league. Um, they got dumped out of the League Cup by Sutton United on penalties. They they did beat Fleetwood uh, on at Fleetwood, but then they lost their own to Stevenage. They've they've lost against Leighton Orient, but then they've beaten Reading. Um, Peterborough have beaten them. Wigan have beaten them. So, what 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 are you expecting from Cambridge? Because I mean, I, I, I look. I'm, I know I'm a little bit biased because I am a Derby fan. But as, as we said, you know, you look at the teams that have come to Derby: Wigan, Oxford, Pompey. They're, they're solid sides. Fleetwood, uh, you have to put to one side a little bit. And then obviously we've gone to Bolton. We've we've gone to a tough Carlisle. We've gone to Burton, which is tough for Derby because we can never normally get a result there. Obviously, the first time we've beaten, I think, in the league at, at the Pirelli. So Derby's fixtures, I would say, have been a little more tougher than Cambridge's start to the season. But clearly, a couple of good results in there for them, but then again, probably a couple that they were expected to do better in. So, what sort of what sort of a Cambridge side are you expecting at Pride Park on Saturday? Going off the same results, I'm probably expecting a team that's difficult to break down. I mean, we've played what eight games on the season and have conceded seven goal seven goals, and they've conceded three in the last two. But before that, I mean, the start of the season they've had clean sheets against Oxford who ripped us apart at times at Pride Park. They've had clean sheets against Fleetwood, who hit the bar and forced a good save from Wald Smith. Um, they've had clean sheets against Bristol Rovers, who I think just put several past Wigan. Um, so I think they probably will be a difficult team to beat. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a very similar game to last season, as much as we don't want to hear that. Um, I think it probably will be a cagey affair. I think if we could score early, 
that changes everything. But I think if it gets deeper and deeper into the game, maybe we get a bit frustrated, flustered with our the way we're playing. Would not surprise me at all if they came to Derby and put um, 10 men behind the ball. Just going off the results, I've not watched them play. And I'm sorry if that's been disrespectful to them, but it would not surprise me at all if they came, sat back and just waited for us to start to get on the players' back, maybe start to get a bit frustrated and, and start to find their way into the game a little bit. Listen, I think it's one of those that, with all due respect to Cambridge, I've you know, probably come across a bit arrogant on this call because I do think our squad is one of the best three in the division. If we play like we can, there's no reason why we shouldn't win on Saturday. Um, but the problem is we haven't played like we can at <laughs> all at Pride Park this season. Uh, there's not been one game at Pride Park this season I've walked away thinking... That was good, apart from maybe Wigan, in which we lost. Like, there's yeah. literally not been a single game that I've walked away. The Fleetwood game, we were so fortunate. We were so fortunate to take the lead against Pompey. Like, there's not been a game at Pride Park yet this season. And straight off the back of a um, a relatively comfortable win at Carlisle, you know, we're heading into a run of fixtures now where there's only so so many times we can say, oh, we've had a difficult start to the season. We're about to play teams now that we really should. If we are going to be a top two, three, four team, we should go on a run of games now. I mean, out of the next fixtures, you're probably looking at Blackpool away will be difficult on Tuesday night. But apart from that, all the way through October to the Stevenage game on the last game of the, the, last game of the month, we should really start to pick up some points in this run. And it, it should really start on Saturday against Cambridge as much as they are on the same points as us. They look like they're a difficult team to beat. If we play anything like we can, um, this is a game that we should we should get three points in and, and, and start to carry some momentum into these fixtures because much like you say, Cambridge, it's been one bad result, one good result. It's, that's been Derby to start the season as well. We haven't had uh, uh, that run and that's why we're on the same points we are, but we're certainly capable of going on that run. I think if you probably look back to ourselves and Cambridge's last 20 games in League One, they're probably not that different, um, but, but it's definitely a game that if we are going to be up there in the top three, four, it is it is one that this, this is the ones at home you need to win. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I, th- I think, like you say, they do look like they're going to be hard to break down. Um, they have scored a few as well, so it's, it's not like the goal shy. It, it's, it reeks to me of a game that just a little bit of quality could, could be the difference. And like you said, you hope that in front of 27, 28,000, whatever it may well be on Saturday, you know, Derby can somewhere find it in the locker. It, it felt a little bit like that against Portsmouth for me. We were very lucky to, to take the lead, but it was always going to be about just a, a moment in the game, if it was a bit of quality or a decision or whatever it was. And obviously we got that and then we had the sucker punch at the end, which in all fairness, I don't think many people could actually argue. It's just more about the timing. If that had come in the 60, if Derby had scored in the 60th, they'd have scored in the 70th. I think we'd have walked away and gone, yeah, 1-1, one, one, we'll take a point against arguably one of our, you would assume, one of the rivals in the division for the title. Um, so, yeah, like a good start is obviously it's always paramount. We're talking football cliches here, really. But, um, yeah, a good start, quieting them down early. Don't let them get set. Don't let them get into a rhythm. Don't let them grow into the game, I think, I think is, is, what we, uh, is what we have to do. And, yeah, a moment of quality, a little a, a decision going our way, whatever it may well be. But again, I, I just I'm looking I'm looking for that next level now. Like you say, the runner games that are coming up, I think it's I think if we are, I would absolutely echo what you're saying, Cameron. I think if Derby are have got the expectations that I think we all believe that they've got, this is now they've got a injuries aside, we every team gets them. You you're gonna have to 
you you are going to now. This is going to be a test of Derby's metal and see where see where they are and that league will really start to shape up after October. Um, and then we'll see what sort of a hopefully a Christmas sort of period that we're in for and, and see where we're aiming. And the final question of of the podcast for you both, and, and I suppose the biggest one, Joe. I'll come to you first. Um, we've just said what we've said, what we think it's going to take for Derby to get a result. What sort of a side are you expecting on Saturday? What sort of a formation do you think we're going to go with? We've obviously talked about setting up against opposition more than we probably should be. Appreciate it away from home, but I think at home we have to put our we have to put our foot down. We did it last year and it got results. This year we've not done it enough, and ultimately our results haven't been good enough. We we need to set out a stall for me, um, play our own start style of football um, and let the opposition think about what we're doing rather than the other way around. Um, what sort of a side are you? Uh, injuries permitting, of course, we seem we seem to be losing somebody every couple of days at the moment, unfortunately, especially Embleton obviously taking a, a corner and he, he feels his quad apparently is how he's done his injury. So no, nice and easy. You can't even can't even get a stroke of luck in training at the moment. But what what we expecting from from Derby on Saturday, Joseph? What sort of a lineup can we expect or is it is it going to be that is it that easy to predict at the moment for Derby? I mean we spoke a lot already on this on this show about sort of putting our strongest side out. Um, and I don't really think any Derby fan can say what our strongest side is. Um, we've also touched on um, the midfield. I'd like to see a bit of a change in there, whether it's adding an extra player into that to make it a bit more solid. Um, it, I think a three-man midfield will give us a lot more um, control in the game, whether that be a, a sibling, bring him in from wide, um, whether it's Bird back from fitness, I know he's been training this week. in at left back um, simply because I think Forsyth as 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 okay as he played on Saturday I don't think he's got the attacking prowess that he once had before his injuries um, and I know we've not been particularly impressed as as a fan base by Elder as of yet but I think his quality has shone through in in little glimpses uh, so I'd like to see to see him come in um, and the front line I think I think Barkhausen probably deserves deserves a start after his um, after his impact against uh, Carlisle off the bench, and also when he started in uh, in midweek, um, the only the only area I'm a bit unsure on is is how we set up um, with our number nines. Do we play Collins and Waghorn? Um, you know, do we go back to Washington, who who is a, seems to be a favourite at home? I'd like to see um, Mendes Lang get a rest. I think he's looked um, a completely different figure. Uh, to how he did last year, he looks tired. He looks sort of sort of out out of ideas, which is a shame, really, because he was such a such a positive outlet last year. Um, so yeah, whether it's Waghorn slots in on that right hand side in, instead of uh, Mendes Lang, I'm, I'm not too sure, but I, I, that's the way I'd go. Yeah, I mean, for me, and then Cameron, I'll let you have, I'll let you wrap us up. Um, obviously, at the moment, goalkeeper's not going to change. Obviously. Josh Vickers, I'm sure, will be away from the club for the for the time being. For for obviously the all the unfortunate passing of his wife, and you know, can can understand why he wouldn't be involved. So no problems there. Um, I think Niambi plays as long as he's fit. Um, you know, I would expect him. I would expect him to carry on. Um, I think you're right. Forsyth at left back works for me. Uh, Nelson and Cash don't particularly think you really need to change too much in there too much 
and it is it's about your wides and I think I think you've hit it on the head a bit Joe I think Mendes Lang needs to get out this side and that's not being negative against him but he, he isn't you can see he's knackered um, you know he was knackered at, at Christmas last year and we had nobody else we, we couldn't utilise him we couldn't utilise anybody else he then has to carry on playing he then goes away in the Gold Cup he then comes back straight into pre-season and you can see it. I mean, obviously, appreciate he settled Collins' goal on Saturday, but he's been he's been a shadow of the player um, that we all think he can be. Um, he's also showing a few traits and tendencies, what he's done at other clubs, which is a little bit of a worry. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to pass judgment on that too much. I think Barkhausen, you're right. I don't see why he doesn't, if, he, if he's fit enough to. Uh, I don't see why he doesn't deserve to come in. And make a start, but he is—he's a bit of a similar, similar sort of thing to Sibley. He—he—he he, he comes on, he looks neat, he looks—he's he, obviously make, makes a difference in the AFL Trophy scores, makes a difference. Um, I thought from the highlights that I saw, he looked positive on Saturday. He then gets a start. He kind of last season he kind of went to sleep, it, it, but obviously we played him at left wing back. We played him. So me personally, I'd I'd play I'd have, you'd have to play him on the left wing because I'd actually play Kane Wilson as a right winger. Um, I think Mendes Lang needs a rest. I really do. Um, Fauna, um, it's a bit high. It's hard in the middle because you're right. I don't think Fauna and um, and Corey Smith particularly work too well together. And obviously, I don't think Max will be certainly a starter on Saturday. I, I can't see that. So you are probably looking at Smith and um, and Fauna that in there, and maybe a Sibley. And then I would probably go Waggon, and I don't think you can drop Collins. I, I just don't. Um, he scored three goals in two games. For him to then be dropped is is an absolute kick in the teeth. Um, Washington does a, a certain job. He's not the world's greatest finisher. We know that. Um, but yeah, I've got that. That have been sort of my rough eleven. Um, Cameron, I'm going to let you come in, mate, and uh, give us your opinion on what sort of a, a starting eleven you think Derby uh, Derby going to bring out on Saturday. So although I just made a whole speech about 20 minutes ago about don't look at the opponent, I've spent your time talking, looking at the opponent, and it looks like they usually set up 4-2-3-1, um, what they have done in their past three or four league games. So that tells me we cannot start two in the middle, because if we start two in the middle, um, they're up against three men. And not only are we not our strongest when we're at two in the middle, but if then we're up against a three, I think that's going to look even more um, miscued. The problem is... I don't really know who else can play in the middle. I was gonna, I was gonna say Max Bird, but you're right. He probably wouldn't, won't be fit. He won't be fit enough to do 90 minutes. I expect him to be on on the bench because he's supposed to be back at training today um, or this week. So, um, but I don't think he can start the game. I don't. I wouldn't change the back four or keeper purely because they've just come off a clean sheet, and I think that camaraderie you can create between defence and 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 keeper is vital. Um, so I wouldn't change that. I totally hear you on Fozzie isn't as good going forward on the left flank. If you were going to change anything, the only thing I would, if I was going to change anything, uh, it's a weird one, but I'd probably drop cash and I'd rather play Fozzie at left centre-back and um, bring in Elder at left left back in all honesty, because I've not been convinced by cash so far this season. However, 
true to my point earlier, I wouldn't change the keeper or back four. I'd just keep that as it is. It's getting too experimental if you if you start to play around with that fresh off a clean sheet. And that's really the problem. I've sat and stared at this for about five minutes. I would probably play 4-3-3, but then I don't know who the third person is in the middle because I'd have Fauna and Smith probably just purely because they're the only two that are the fittest at the minute. Um in the centre of the pitch, do you play a Sibley in the middle with them and like have a have a four three three? I don't know. If you do that, then you're probably playing Waghorn out of position on the right wing. If we do drop Mendes and play Barkhausen on the left wing, um, it, it's a difficult one. Um, I would be more inclined. My shout would probably be four two three one, but he's not played that all season. But my shout would probably be four two three one. Um, match them up like for like, have Fauna and Smith as the two holding, and then have the three behind Collins. I don't think you can go wrong whether that three is Waghorn, Mendez, or Barkhausen, or whether that three, if you want to drop Mendez, is is Waghorn, Sibley, and Barkhausen. I, I don't think you can really go wrong with whatever way we line up that three, so long as Sibley isn't on the left of it. If Sibley starts, I think he has to be the 10, um, because that's where he's the strongest. And then you have Barks one side, and then either Mendez or Waghorn on the other. Um, and, and they're all behind Collins, who I think has to start. So personally, myself, 4-2-3-1's my favourite formation. I would do that. Um, and I'd probably... Um, I would probably also drop Mendes and have Wagon on the right wing, Barkhausen on the left wing, Sibley's a 10 behind Collins. That would probably be my team. But I know for a fact Wall won't play that. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it is um, another 4-4-2. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if it isn't an unchanged 11. If there is, um, I think the only change I would see Warren making is potentially Barkhausen for Sibley. Um, but I'll say this now, if that is the team, if we don't get an early goal, I think that's going to be a very frustrating afternoon because I think we are going to find it very difficult, those two centre midfielders against their three. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, to be fair, there's there's a shout for Waggon out on the left. He's, he's done it before. Obviously, he's played on either flank for Derby in his, his past. I think he played out sort of on the left at times for Ipswich um, as well. Obviously, we know he's advanced in his years, but it's not... Certainly when it's in a three... Um, it's it's not a winger winger sort of thing, is it? So maybe yeah, maybe you could um, maybe you could get that. But you're right. I think the midfield is an intriguing one because we are we're scratching around for numbers again. Um, the three fit central midfielders we've got are Smith, Sibley, and uh, and Fauna. So wouldn't surprise me somehow those three getting in there. But it's yeah. It, that's where again a, a tight knit game could could well be won and lost in in that middle. Um, but we shall see, gentlemen. I think that's about. Unless any of you've got anything to add, I think that is about it for tonight's episode. I appreciate you coming on for your podcast debut. Certainly won't be your last ones as long as you want to come back on again. Thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, Joe Smith. Thanks, Joe. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. And Cameron Stora Cam. Thanks very much, mate. Thank you very much for having me. What the Rams. Absolutely. Um, obviously, next week's episode, fingers crossed, as long as I don't break my laptop again, um, Derby will be talking all about Cambridge United's uh, result. Um, and then, yeah, the trip to ooh, Bloomfield Road, if it's still called that, I don't know. Um, typical, obviously, Derby going to Blackpool away on a cold October night, of course. Difficult one. And then the Saturday after, I hadn't even looked at the fixtures, so I hadn't even got a clue we've got the following Saturday. Um Cheltenham. Cheltenham. Well, there we go. Who have not scored a goal yet. Yes. So please <laughs> score a goal. 
<laughs> because I know what where that first goal will cost. I know where I know where my pound's going if that's the case. Uh, but yeah, we we shall see. But lads, thanks very much for joining us. It's been the Rams Review Podcast, and until next time, as always, up the Rams. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch, we're on Twitter at RamsReview1. Our Facebook is Rams Review Podcast. Or you can drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, up the Rams.